Hi, and welcome back to the monthly podcast series for Transformational Insights, looking at the transformational changes that are reshaping our industry today. This is our first podcast for the year, 2016, so happy new year, and I hope you're looking forward to some exciting things ahead. My name is Faith Forster, founder of Pinnipa, an engagement tool to make engaging stakeholders easier. Today we're talking with Alice Breeden, who is the Director of People Operations for EMEA at Google and is ex-McKinsey, where she led one of the organisation practices focusing on transformational change and did a lot of research and published numerous articles in the area. So thank you for joining us today, Alice. So first of all, tell us about your background and what made you so interested in how people drive performance. Thank you. So, as you say, I'm a director now at uh, Google, working in people operations. And before that, I was at McKinsey for a long time. And I think got very interested in how people drive performance because I spent a lot of time working on large-scale change programs in the UK and beyond. And had, you know, quite a few personal experiences where I saw the power of um, an individual having a moment of realisation about why something was important, what the purpose of a piece of work was, or suddenly saw the kind of meaning in something. And so seeing some of those people in some of the programs we ran for leadership development or some of the storytelling workshops we did helped me really see that if you can really engage the individual and the power of those people when they form into groups can really create movements that help an organisation drive superior performance. So I saw it on sort of individual and organisational levels whilst at McKinsey. And I think, as you also said, I spent quite a bit of time looking at the research on this topic. So I, I guess on the kind of academic level, I know, you know, read so many articles and so many books over the years at McKinsey about how... People with greater motivation levels, greater engagement levels tend to outperform individually and that will drive an organization's performance. So I sort of believe it in my heart because I've seen some of those people transform and I believe it a bit more in my head as well because I've seen and read some of the papers and logic that underpin it. As you said, you did a lot of research at McKinsey on the power of being positive to drive performance. Can you share some of the findings from that research? Sure. So we spent many years looking at, I think it was 900 books or something, articles. We did joint research with some academic professors from various business schools and institutions. I mean, there's lots of research around change. I guess, you know, the COSA research, which shows that uh, 70% of change programs fail, and there are multiple other sources for that same number, which was quite interesting. We also looked at the the companies that were successful in creating empowered, engaged, high-performing organisations and tried to understand what it was that drove their success. Uh, and we called that being a healthy organisation. So organisations that were able to be, you know, have a clear direction, align all their people around it, have people empowered and driving towards that, that goal. The organisations that were healthy tended to have a kind of three times greater return to shareholders. So this kind of healthy soft stuff or positivity or engagement uh, was actually returning business results so that was one thing that we found I guess digging so you know digging deeper we were trying to say well which bits of being healthy matter most and what some of the pieces that struck me was um, if you look at the quality of motivation or positivity engagement that of all the things you can build in an employee kind of group that has the most direct and powerful impact on the bottom line and I think we found also that in something like motivation, there's no point being half motivated or a bit motivated. You really need to build proper, full-on employee engagement to make that bottom line move. And also personally, just always loved listening to and hearing speakers like Ben Zander on uh, the art of giving an A or the art of possibility, um, the Gallup work around strengths. All of those bits of research, I think, just add up and resonated for me personally as well. I don't think anyone would disagree with, well, that being positive is positive. Why do you think it's so hard to make this part of the work environment work? Well, I think for most organisations, it's uh, 
it's difficult to put yourself in the shoes of everybody. So I think leaders at the top of an organisation decide to kind of create a high-performing culture and an engaged workforce. And I think they believe kind of what motivates them is going to motivate everyone else. I think it's quite a tricky thing to really let people decide what work they want to do to empower them to make choices around the workplace. And so the common kind of traps I think people fall into is saying, well, you know, I'm motivated by a story around financial returns or around, I don't know, we're going to be number one in the marketplace or those kinds of things. And often the people that you employ, especially younger generations than I, are more interested in, I don't know, things like making an impact on the world or, you know, sort of more altruistic things. And even then I'm making huge assumptions. So everybody's motivated differently. So assuming that everyone is motivated the same way you are is a common kind of, I think, blind spot for leaders. Organisations often have still relatively poor diversity as well, diversity of thought, so tend to group think around solutions and believe as you're the leader, you know, you and your top team will know, you know how to do this. So I think those sorts of blind spots and difficulties make it hard to create this kind of healthy organisation and making sure that, I mean, I think a lot of the things that I believe around empowerment and positivity are quite difficult to do. So things like letting people define their own work or giving them space letting them work where they want. A lot of those things are quite difficult to do because it requires loosening control, in fact, to actually get more output in the end. So it's quite a tough thing to do. Can you provide some examples of organisations who are putting this into practice and what are some of the, the distinguishing factors that have affected their performance? I think companies in the tech sector are, like Google, are fairly well known for a lot of these practices. I mean, during the research we did at McKinsey, we took a look back over more of a longer views, 20, 30 years, I think it was 79 to 2009, something like that. So we actually looked at each sector and looked at each company and what they were doing and what their returns were. And so through that kind of more long term research, we found companies, I think it was like P&G, Toyota, PepsiCo, Southwest Airlines, sort of one or two in each of these sectors so airlines, for example, Southwest has outperformed that sector over 20, 25 years, P&G in its sector, PepsiCo, Toyota. And there's lots of reasons for that. There could be structural, they could be price, they could be all sorts of things. So I'm not asserting it's primarily for this reason, but all of those companies do also have, present at the same time, they also have very strong values, very strong onboarding for their people, very strong leadership development programs, very strong empowerment. Southwest Airlines lets their baggage handlers make decisions about what happens to, you know, things that go wrong or right. Toyota has a very strong Toyota way where people can kind of stop the production line if they see something wrong. And that kind of ability for people low down in the organisation to say, stop. And that's very true on airlines today. It's kind of safety culture type work is all about ensuring that people really low down can halt something when they see something go bad. Because uh, if they don't have that ability to speak up, then that's when things go wrong on oil rigs, airlines, all of those things. So we looked at those companies and I think those are the common things, you know, this kind of really strong culture and values that enable people to behave in the right way at the right time, whatever they're being asked to do. And that kind of pervades all of these other systems and processes we put in, like performance management and recruitment and talent management and all of those things. the things we spend all our time on. (laughs) Google's already a high-performing team, obviously. So what are some of the exciting things that Google are exploring at the moment to take you to that next step? I think some of the... I've been here a year. Some of the day-to-day stuff we do, I still like a lot. So we still do the 20% projects that people know and hear about. And they do drive quite a lot of innovation. And people have a chance to work on things across the world, which is quite cool. (laughs) We really do do that. I think... Looking a bit more longer term and bigger bigger picture perhaps, I'm quite excited about the things we're doing on uh, what we're calling rework, uh, which is the plan to kind of open source all of our HR practices for others. So the kind of altruistic goal to make HR a better thing, people practices a better thing. 
Uh, so a lot of our work around unconscious bias, which has been a big investment. I think those should check, but I think those workshops are available on our rework website. If not, they'll be coming soon. And many other bits of our people approach approaches are, are going to be there for other people to use. I know other companies do this too. I think Facebook also does it. But that idea of the work that people are doing on empowering, engaging their employees, that's going to be there for everyone to kind of look at and tap into. So that's quite cool. I think that's going to be increasingly the norm in HR and people. And the other piece that Google's doing is a piece of research called GDNA, which is quite cool, which is uh, longitudinal research into, I think, thousands of people who've worked or used to work at Google and what makes them happy. So how their work, their work-life balance, their sports, pastimes, hobbies, which parts of those things are making them most engaged and happy as a person at any point in time, uh, and trying to kind of get learnings from that to drive into into the workplace, to help to make people the most engaged and ultimately happy, clearly to drive performance at work, but also to make ensure that people are fulfilled individuals, which is good. But that's just begun, so we've got a little time to wait for the results, but it's coming soon. Oh, wow, that very, very cool. Cool. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today and sharing, uh, sharing your insights on how to drive performance. I hope you enjoyed another insightful podcast from Transformational Insights. Next month, we'll be talking with David D'Souza, the head of London for CIPD, about disrupting performance management. I hope you'll join us then.